now with the latest from the world of technology. This is the Tech Guide podcast with Stephen Fennick. Let's jump straight in. Tech Guide. This was a real effort to push into that growing consumer space, very competitive space in Australia. Tech Guide. It does give the user plenty of options, whether you're working or viewing content on the device. Keeping you updated and educated. This is the Tech Guide podcast. Knowing Apple, you just don't know what to expect. Tech Guide. They've gone from taking an excellent device and they've made it even better. It's had a redesign inside and out. Now, from the studios of techguide.com.au, Stephen Fennick. Tech Guide, episode 192. Hello and welcome to the podcast that keeps you updated and educated about the latest consumer news, products and opinions. Thanks for listening once again. Thanks for downloading once again. And you first-time listeners, we're glad you're tuning in. My name is Stephen Fennick. I'm the editor of techguide.com.au. On this week's show, Samsung's brain band that can detect the severity of head knocks in sport. And LG unveils its 2016 range of TVs. We speak to LG's product manager about the lineup and also uh, all the new features. Plus, we have a chat to an award-winning cinematographer. In the Tech Guide reviews, we check out the new Apple iPhone SE. We also talk about the Bamboo Spark digital note device and the iBlazer Mini Flash for your smartphone or tablet. And we'll finish it off with a Tech Guide help desk, and it's all brought to you by Netgear, Australia's number one brand of home Wi-Fi products, and Norton, the company to help keep you and your family safe online. Plenty to get through, so let's get cracking. Well, it was an interesting product that I looked at from Samsung last week. Samsung's a company, of course, that we're used to seeing produce smartphones and TVs and a wide range of devices. But the product that I saw last week was called the Brain Band. And this is actually a device that was built to detect the severity of head knocks, so dealing with concussion in contact sports. Now, what this was, uh, LG have a a program called Launching People. And what this involves is bringing people from different backgrounds together and giving them the power of their technology and their resources to come up with a product. Now, in this case, it was neuroscientist Alan Pierce and an industrial designer named Braden Wilson. And they came together, and the result of that partnership was the Brain Band. Now, the, the, Dr. Pierce's studies as a neuroscientist obviously involved cases of concussion when talking about contact sport players, so rugby league players, AFL players, and, and, other, and other sports that involve body contact. It's a real issue in sport, especially in the NRL. Um, those who aren't aware, I used to play for Souths back many, many years ago, and it was an issue back then, and it's still an issue today. Today, the conditions in, in the NRL especially is that if a player is deemed to have been concussed in any way, they have to have an independent medic to put them through a series of tests to detect uh, how severe that head blow was and whether or not they are able to return to the field. Now, that involves a series of tests where they're asked to count backwards from 10 and uh, say the the months of the year backwards and things like that, uh, that that will help the person gauge whether they're still in a, in a, a condition 
uh, suitable condition to return to the field. Now, that's a lot of guesswork. But what the brain band offers is actual data about the severity of a head knock. Now, this device is worn like a headband. Uh, there is a series of LED lights on the back of the of the device, so it, the the the, the, the lights are worn towards the back. So it's worn like a tight headband, which is not un, an uncommon sight on a football field anyway. There's a lot of players who do strap their ears and strap put a strap around their head. So this this is not an unusual sight, and the brain bands are designed to be tight enough to not come off uh, with contact, but also not too tight as as to be restrictive. Now, what the does uh, when it's positioned, there's a sensor that just have to, has to have some uh, a still position on the head, so steady held in place. And what it does, it allows people, uh, the medic, the coaching staff, and even the referee to find out in real time, so that's instantly, the force of the blow that someone receives to the head. And it's measured in G-forces. So it, it's, it's, in, it's done in a way so that the people reading these, the, this, this um, figure, can't, they don't need any medical training. The higher the figure, the worse it is. So if it reaches a point where the LEDs turn red, which is the worst, the worst kind of uh, head knock, then it'll register that figure on a display, on a, on a smartwatch, on the medic's computer, and it will then tell them, wow, that person's had pretty heavy head knock. No guesswork involved. There's data to show how, how, how hard that person was hit. So do as many tests as you want. There is now data to show, yes, his head knock was worse than his head knock, and so on and so on. So it's really important, I think, that, and not only at the professional level, this is a device that can be used even at the junior level where they don't often have the same medical resources as a professional outfit. So if, if you're, it's a junior team playing in, playing in the park on a Sunday afternoon, there may not be a medic there who's qualified to judge how severely someone's been concussed. Now, the other part of this is that a player can, can keep a record of their, of their head knocks. So it's kind of like a little medical passport that they can keep so that the club can track the amount of concussion a player has suffered. Now, obviously, if it is significant over a certain period of time, uh, the neuroscientist, uh, Dr. Pierce, said that this damage can build up to a point where it would be dangerous to continue. So if you have a number of severe head knocks over the years, it can take its toll not only in the short term, but also in the long term. Now, professional professional clubs have a duty of care. Well, any sporting club has a duty of care to the players to, to keep them safe during their playing career. But they also have a duty of care to make sure that at the end of their career, they're not left with any long-lasting effects. Now, this is a device that can go a long way towards achieving that. And I've got to say, I applaud Samsung for producing such a product. I really hope that it gets in front of the NRL, the AFL, even the NFL, the uh, National Football League in America, where concussion is an issue. In fact, there's a film that was released uh, recently with uh, starring Will Smith, a true story about the findings of a doctor and the effects of concussion in the NFL. And they wear protective headgear and pads and, and all kinds of things like that. And it was still an issue. 
clubs, uh, games like we have here, rugby league, rugby union, AFL, no one wears those types of helmets and, and headgear. And so we're uh, even in even more danger. The brain ban created by Samsung and I hope, as I said, I hope this gets in front of the NRL and they at least give it a try because forget the guesswork. This is hard data that can tell you, yes, this person's had this hard a head knock. If it goes over a certain point, they can set a rule. If it's over 40, the player can't return to the field. If it's a 10, a 15, a 20, then there's a possibility. But at least knowing the strength of that uh, will will help will help the clubs and will help the game. There was one example before we sign off on this uh, segment. There was one example a few weeks ago of an AFL player, Tyrone Vickery, was playing for Richmond, and it was in the preseason competition. It was fairly warm day, and he went up for a mark and collapsed on the floor. Now the problem was the ball was on the other side of the field, eighty meters away. People were wondering what was wrong with him. They thought he was suffering uh, heat stroke or some kind of heat-related stress. But as it turned out, he was actually suffering severe concussion. And no one had picked it up. It was such a, a, a glancing blow on his head in, in, some, in, in, a, in a mark or some kind of body contact that went unnoticed. But if he had been wearing the brain band, that would have come up instantly that he had a head knock that was that was severe enough for him to to be acting the way he did. So there's plenty of examples where this could help, and there's plenty of preventative measures that this this is also good for too. So if someone's had a bad head knock, you can then say no, you're not going on. Or if they do accumulate a lot of head knocks over throughout the year, then this is also to their benefit. So that it, it could be potentially a lifesaver or a quality of life saver anyway. Down the track, you don't want them to be suffering any long-term effects. The Samsung Brain Band, you want to read all about it, you can do that at techguide.com.au. Tech Guide now. A Tech Guide interview. Tech Guide. We are going to talk to Grant Vandenberg from LG. He's the, uh, the TV product manager over there. We're also going to talk to a cinematographer named Peter James. He's an Aussie cinematographer, an award-winning cinematographer, by the way, who has a very impressive body of work. But before we talk to them, uh, I want to talk about LG's new line of TVs. Now, LG held this uh, an event out at Foxtel uh, last week, and it was to launch their 2016 range of TVs. So we already know about their OLED range. Uh, we also were told about their super UHD range and other 4K TVs. But the main point of the event, uh, and it was a very, very good event, I've got to say. It, it, ha- it was held at Foxtel, hosted by Matt Shervington. Uh, Grant Vandenberg spoke, and then there was uh, there was Peter James, who is a cinematographer. And the reason he'll be speaking will become apparent in a moment. But there's also a gentleman named Patrick Griffiths on hand too. He's the Vice President of Technology at Dolby Laboratories. Now, the flagship feature of of the LG TVs is HDR. And I've spoken about this in the past. It stands for High Dynamic Range. It's a feature that's not exclusive to LG, but it is a feature that helps promote better picture quality. In, ter- in, in other words, blacker blacks, wider whites, more detail in the shadows, more less of a washout in the background. Now, 
The difference with LG's HDR is that it is bolstered with the addition of a technology called Dolby Vision. Dolby's a company we, we know very well from their audio achievements and their audio standards. But Dolby are also now in the vision space. And they have created this technology that adds more color depth and, and more definition and, and improves the picture pixel by pixel to render it to be more realistic. So that is LG's, that, that is their point of difference in the HDR market. Every other TV you're going to see in 2016 it has got HDR on board. But LG's special source is the Dolby Vision on top of that. Now, the, the LG range of TVs, and they're fully outlined on, on Tech Guide. You can see that there's obviously OLED at the top of the line. Uh, there's also the flagship OLED, which is uh, that the, we, we saw them at CES. They were called the LG Signature Edition. These are TVs with 2.7 millimeter thick screens with just look remarkably thin and incredible uh, picture quality. They are at the top of the line. and But moving down from that, LG, obviously OLED is the flagship, but there is a progression of products. There, below that is the LG Super UHD 4K TVs. There's also the regular UHD 4K TVs. And then you go down into their smart, their full, their, their, uh, full high definition, say we call them 2K TVs. Uh, so plenty of range there. The top, the top TVs, the the OLEDs, the Super UHDs, and the UHDs all have HDR and Dolby Vision on board. But to explain it a little more, we we spoke to Grant Vanderberg, who, as I mentioned, is the marketing manager for LG Home Entertainment, and uh, he explained what Dolby Vision and HDR is all about. Well, hi, Grant. Thanks for joining us. We're here at the launch of the new LG TV range. Quite a lot to talk about here. Uh, OLED, we've got Super Ultra HD, HDR, Dolby Vision. Take us through what's the special source of these TVs? Why are customers going to see these as the best TVs in the market? Well, look, today we've launched our 2016 range, and there's a lot of exciting things to talk about. The, the key thing that we are focusing on is HDR mm-hmm. or high dynamic range yep. and that's a new feature that's come into our range of TVs this year and it's something which you'll hear a lot about this year yeah. and it's, it's really interesting because what it does, it actually improves the picture quality by enhancing the level of detail and contrast especially in those lighter and darker scenes mm-hmm. of movies and TV yeah. shows and Look, I, I can explain it here, but once you see it, you, you start yeah. to understand it. Yeah, this is a podcast. It's very hard to <laughs> see this, in, uh, in, uh, but you've got to see it with your own eyes, I guess. But, uh, but HDR, as you said, is, is, is something you're going to see hear a lot about. But the difference with LG's HDR is that you've got a little, uh, a little company called Dolby Vision involved with your HDR. Is that right? So it's HDR on steroids. <laughs> that, that, that's a good way to put it. I, I call it flying in first class. So if you, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Which you always do, I hear, mate. Oh, uh, yeah, constantly. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, look, if you're watching TV in, in SD or HD, I, I call that flying in economy class. Yep. When you watch TV with HDR, yep. you've moved up to business class. Business, okay. And yeah, when you watch it with Dolby Vision... You are enhancing the picture even further. And look, I'll explain a bit what, what Dolby Vision is, and you call them a little company. They're, they're big, and they're really driving the whole process. Yeah. So I was, Dol- joking, I was meant to be ironic I, I know, with a little company. <laughs> um, but, but look, we, we've heard of Dolby as a brand. Yeah. There's something called Dolby Vision, yep. 
which, and we're partnering with Dolby Laboratories. And what they do is they work with the Hollywood studios yep. so that content is being created, films are being filmed with HDR. Mm -hmm. They're then being mastered in Dolby Vision. Yes. So they go off to the Dolby Laboratories, they do their magic to the yep. film, they then work with companies like Netflix to distribute it, uh -huh. and then they work with companies like yeah. us, LG, to be able to show it to consumers. So what's really, uh, I think, fascinating for us is that we're not just saying, hey, look, here's our new range of TVs this year. Yeah. What I'm talking about is, is our TVs part of a, a much bigger movement around yes. getting better quality content mm -hmm. through to consumers. And Hollywood's really excited about it because it actually um, means that the producers and cinematographers can show the content how they originally intended. Yeah, I was going to say, though, it must be, must be really refreshing for them and heartening for them to see that their original vision, and they, uh, we spoke to Peter, the cinematographer as well, to see what they shot, their creative decisions on the set, mm. now carry through to the LG OLEDs especially. Yeah, that, that's right. And, um, and, and when you look at the TVs with HDR that come out this year, mm -hmm. um, and we're offering them across our OLED range, yep. uh, but also across our what we're calling LG Super UHD, mm -hmm. and also um, our 4K range. So mm -hmm. HDR will be available across all those models. Yep. Um, Dolby Vision will be available on the premium range of, of OLEDs and yep. also those Super UHD TVs. Mm -hmm. So um, all those TVs that have HDR, you already get the benefits of that. Yep. But Dolby Vision is, I guess, that next step up. Yes. You mentioned, too, that obviously seeing this is better than talking about it. And I understand in stores you do have a bit of a challenge set up, is that right, for customers to go see the difference between OLED and, and the no, and normal LED TVs? Tell us about that. Yeah, it's, it's, when I explain this to people, they kind of nod their head and they go, oh, yeah, <laughs> like I, I, I am now. <laughs> yeah, I, I think I know what you're talking about. But when we put people in front of a TV, and not everyone is technically minded, right? Yeah. In fact, most people, it's like when I buy a car, I don't really know what's under the engine. I just want to drive comfortably yes. from my home to work okay. and back. And TVs are a bit the same. A lot of okay. people are like that. So when we show them the OLED TV, yep. which has no backlight, versus a backlit TV, yep. which is essentially every other TV in the market, yep. and they can see the impact the backlight's having on, on those darker scenes. It, it yep. makes them a little bit charcoal grey. Yeah. And it starts to just dilute the impact of, of the colours. They go, oh, okay, yeah, I get what you're talking yeah, about. Yeah, right. So for us, the best way to demonstrate the benefit of OLED is to show them. So yeah. we're setting up um, certain zones in the store. Um, we're drawing people's attention to that um, because showing them really does help them understand the difference between Picture the two tells a thousand words. Is that how that, what the old saying is? Yeah, that is the old That's saying. That's it. And HDR, I assume, is the same kind of impact. You can really, like, a, a line that I liked from the briefing earlier is, this is what it is and why should you care? Mm. Well, HDR, side by side, you can really tell the difference too, can't you? Yeah, and, and what, what you really notice with HDR is it, and, and it's best explained with a photograph. Mm -hmm. Like, if you've got your digital camera, and you're taking a photograph where you've got um, something dark in the foreground, something light in the background, yep. you can only focus on one or the other. So you'll only get the thing in the foreground in, yeah. uh, in, 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 in a clear form with some clarity yeah, and yeah. detail, but the rest will be all washed out. Yep. Alternatively, if you point your focus on the background, you'll lose all that detail in the foreground. And then you just get a silhouette in the front. That's right. Yeah. What, what HDR does, yeah. it, it films it, and, and the cinema cameras these days, only the last couple of years, have develop the capability uh -huh. to film in HDR, which means that they're capturing the detail in both those light yep. and dark areas of the same scene. Sure. 
That's the difference. So in terms of content, we're going to expect to see, you mentioned Netflix, we're going to see Ultra HD Blu-ray, which is HDR enabled already. Uh, I think YouTube's going to have HDR as well. So in terms of content, people are going to have plenty of HD content to enjoy. That, that's right. And in fact, it's on Netflix right now, yeah, right. On, on Daredevil okay. and uh, Marco Polo series. So rush out and get an LG HDR TV. Well, well, absolutely. <laughs> okay, great. Thanks for joining us, mate. Good on you. Cheers, Steve. And that was Grant Vandenberg speaking at that LG event. Now, the other person we spoke to at the launch was Peter James. Now, Peter James is an award-winning cinematographer. His body of work includes such films as Driving Miss Daisy, which actually won Best Picture in 1989, Meet the Parents in 2000, Double Jeopardy, starring Tommy Lee Jones and Ashley Judd, and a whole host of other films. He was the cinematographer of choice for Bruce Beresford, again, a superb director who, who as well has an impressive body of work. But the reason we spoke to Peter was to ask him about HDR now that it's available not only for the viewers at home, but it's also available in the cameras and, and equipment that, that master these films at the production level. So we asked him, how does it feel to see, to know that your vision, what you captured on the set, your creative decisions, how now they can be fully appreciated at home by the viewer? And here's what he had to say. Well, Peter, thanks for joining us. Uh, it's it's an interesting time to see the quality of TVs and the features of TVs now to see someone's work like your own displayed in the best possible fashion now, isn't it? Well, it's, it's very important for us as uh, the people responsible for the image, a cinematographer on a film, uh, to actually have the ability to, to show it in a high dynamic range. That's the thing that's been missing all along, even in the old film versions of our original film negatives, was never had the dynamic range mm -hmm. that we actually um, uh, captured it with. Mm -hmm. So now, um, shooting on new cameras with a fantastic, even more improved dynamic range than film cameras, um, and now with TVs in high dynamic range, they can actually see everything that is being mm -hmm. captured. It must be, in the past, we are disappointed that all that great work you captured through the camera wasn't quite relayed to the TV back, back years ago, but today, suddenly, at the end of the line, how your creative decisions that you made on the set are now in full view. Oh, definitely. I did meet the parents. Um, uh, the uh, wardrobe, when we did the wardrobe tests, um, the Ben Stiller's wardrobe was all Prada, and um, Robert De Niro's family's was all Ralph Lauren. So they had a whole stack of Ralph Lauren in autumn colours, you know, in sort of forest green and <laughs> navy and burgundy and all this sort of stuff. Anyway, we photogra I photographed all the actors against a grey background, so it was all very neutral to see their makeup and what their wardrobe looked like. Mm -hmm. And when, the, uh, when I screened the print, the wardrobe designer came over and said what happened to the clothes of the of, of, of the families is it been they've all they all look like ben stiller's uh gray prada oh. all the colors of uh, ralph Lauren had gone oh. because they just hadn't been resolved that there wasn't enough dynamic range in the film kodak had changed their film print oh. stock 
and we could not resolve the the color palette uh, and the tones and the grayscale that was uh, we'd photographed. So, so look, that was that was a nightmare. Absolutely, yeah. Mm. So look, looking back at your distinguished career, what, what there were some films I bet you'd love to go back and, and shoot them again with all the technology and the HDR that's available now. Oh well, the Black Robe, which is set in the wilderness in Canada, um, back in the you know 1500s, um, with a Jesuit priest and a, in the Indians, um, all that dark forest stuff would look fabulous on this new mm. TV. So look, with the new high dynamic range would look a million dollars. So today cinematographers then have got, you would just say they've got a bit of a head start now with HDR. Does, that, does HDR necessarily make you a better cinematographer or you just got more tools to work with? No, HDR doesn't make you a better cinematographer. Like the fact that you've got a, a, you know, an SLR camera that does film doesn't make you a, a director of photography. You know, you, <laughs> I thought me- I was. But it, yeah. it means you've got a camera that takes movies, <laughs> but um, that's it. Yeah. You know? um, there's a lot, about eight years of uh, training, and you might be getting somewhere near <laughs> a, a cinema, the director of photography. Um, so there's a lot of, lot of things you have to learn about photography to, uh-huh. to do that. But it, it does give you um, a very instant access to images. Mm-hmm. As when you take a picture, you can see it on a monitor, yeah. and the monitor is reflecting what you've actually captured in, sure. in, on your camera. And what have you seen that's been shot in HDR that really has impressed you? What, what, what have you seen? Well, the, the main thing is um, uh, re- relevant. The Revenant. Uh, the Revenant. They sent me. I'm a member of the academy, and they sent me a um, a Blu-ray tape of that, Mm -hmm. of the disc of that. Mm -hmm. And um, I was I was thinking I was only going to watch the first ten minutes and just see what it looked like, you know, just to get an idea because I knew it was all pretty gruesome and so on. I watched the whole bloody thing. It was fabulous. Well, that guy ended up winning the Oscar, didn't he? Yeah, he 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 won the Oscar. He did a good job. He did a great job. (laughs) Chivo is a great guy. He did. Fantastic! He's a th- third year in a row. This absolutely. So he he did the Birdman and Gravity. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. No, so he knows what he's doing. He's a, he's an expert. So it's the, it, it, would you say this that HDR and, and, and even Dolby Vision, which we also spoke about, it, w- is it fair to call that a game changer then for for the? Oh, industry? it is. It's huge. You know, I, you know, um, I was in a, a, a room with um, the world cinematographers in uh, 2011 in in Hollywood at the Academy. And they were showing some film, and they had four monitors there in the theatre, Dolby monitors in the theatre. And when all the cinematographers were looking at the monitors, and when the lights came back up, everybody said, "I want that TV." <laughs> like they're already, <laughs> yeah, wow. yeah, they were expensive TVs in those days. So they were very, ex- very expensive. But um, everybody wanted one because they could see the dynamic range, they could see the colour depth yep. in the imaging. Um, it was it ticked all the boxes. Fantastic. We'll really appreciate you talking to us today. Thank you very much. My pleasure. Tech Guide. This is Tech Guide with Stephen Finnick. The Tech Guide podcast is proudly sponsored by Norton, the company that can help keep you and your family safe online. Today, we live in a world where cyber criminals are working overtime, trying to find new ways to steal your personal information. The team at Norton is dedicated to keeping those people, to keeping you safe online, no matter how you connect. 
So whether you're paying bills on your phone, shopping on your tablet or banking on your laptop, Norton's latest internet security solution, Norton Security Premium, is working behind the scenes to keep your information, your identity and your devices protected. It also comes with a secure PC cloud backup, so you can back up and save your personal files, your photos and videos, and all your other memories that live on your devices. For more information about Norton Security, Norton Security Premium, and how to protect your online life, check out au.norton.com. Tech Guide. Now, a Tech Guide review with Stephen Fennig. Well, we're kicking off the Tech Guide reviews this week with Apple's new iPhone SE. It's released March 31, but we've already got our hands on it. We've reviewed it, and I have to say it is a pocket rocket. Now, this was a very a highly rumored product. Uh, the, the surprise really wasn't there when it was announced. We kind of knew what was there. Uh, a lot of the information had somehow leaked out, but... Having the phone in our hands this week, I've got to say, I'm very pleasantly surprised that a four-inch phone like the iPhone SE, which for all intents and purposes is basically an iPhone 5S. Design-wise, it is virtually identical to an iPhone 5S, but it's identical to a 5S on the outside. On the inside, it's a different story. It's actually got most of the features and equal of the, the performance of the latest iPhone 6S. So a 4-inch phone for Apple has been a very successful product. Uh, they moved to a bigger phone a couple of years ago with the iPhone 6, but up until then, 4 inches was their benchmark. And even in 2015, there still were 4-inch devices that Apple was selling. And it accounted for 30 million sales in 2015. That's a healthy market. That's been demonstrated, and Apple weren't going to stop that anytime soon. Hence the reason they brought out the iPhone SE. Now, you have to remember who this phone is for. Not everyone is shopping at the top at the top level. The top tier phones are over a thousand bucks, twelve hundred, thirteen hundred bucks, and they're not in everyone's price range. The most popular segment of the smartphone market is actually the middle, the mid-tier, the super mid-tier, which is exactly where the iPhone SE is going to sit. It's going to start at 679 bucks, and it's suddenly competing against other devices like your HTCs, your Sonys, your LGs, all these other products that have been playing in this space with, with, with moderate success. Suddenly, they've got Apple as a competitor. And I have to say that a lot of people who were shopping in this space up until now didn't have the choice of an iPhone. Well, now they do. Now, looking at the device itself, as I said, virtually like an iPhone 5S, but even its design, which is three or four years old, still stands up to, to, to its competitors. It is, it is uh, slightly different. There are matte chamfered edges instead of the, the glossy, shiny chamfered edges. The, it's available in another color as well, rose gold. It's also got the engraved inset, the stainless steel inset logo, Apple logo on the back. So those little differences are there. But at its heart, it's an iPhone 5S. But on the inside, you're talking full performance equal to the iPhone 6S. So you've got your A9 processor, which has got 64-bit desktop class architecture. So this thing is fast. 
It is easily the most powerful four-inch smartphones that you can buy. Uh, the camera, 12-megapixel camera, again, as good as the iPhone 6S. It's got uh, the, the same pixel, focus pixel technology so that you t- have faster autofocus. And it even has live photos. So, you know, those little moving photos you can take where it takes a little a few frames beforehand, a few frames after to create this little mini movie. You can also capture panorama shots that are up to 63 megapixel. But the surprising thing, too, with this device is it can also shoot 4K. That's, that's unusual in a, in a small device, a four-inch device. Uh, being able to shoot that kind of quality. You can also shoot full HD, by the way, at 30 frames per second. The device itself, when I first used this, and I've been using this as my go-to phone, and and I was coming from an iPhone 6S Plus, and I was also using uh, an S7 Edge. So coming from a large screen device to the iPhone SE, it did take a couple of days to get used to it. it. It did feel like I was typing on a postage stamp because... Up until a couple of years ago, that was the normal. That was the norm for everyone. But all these bigger screens have kind of spoiled us a little bit. And the big screen, though, while I, the smaller screen, I should say, the four-inch screen, I got used to it in, a, in pretty quickly. But for a lot of users of this device, they're coming from either a same similar size screen, a smaller screen, no screen. This could be their, someone's first phone. So, again, uh, a, a very appealing in that regard. It's, it's affordable. It's got that screen that not everyone wants a big screen. Some people just like a small screen. You can use it easier with the one hand. The iPhone SE on sale this week. Battery life, by the way, is excellent. It goes a day and a half without a problem. iPhone SE is might be small on the outside, but it is a rocket on the inside. You want to read our full review, you can do it at techguide.com.au. Tech Guide. This is Tech Guide with Stephen Finnick. Our next review product is from Wacom, and uh, their brand of bamboo tablets has been uh, pretty interesting. But the latest product that we're going to be talking about, talking about today is the Bamboo Spark. Now, this is a device that allows you to convert your handwritten notes into digital files. So it's, it's basically a folio. On one side is a pad. In the middle is a uh, smart pen that clips in the side there. And on the left-hand side is room to position a tablet or a smartphone. And what you do is you download the Bamboo Spark app. And then whatever, and, and you've, once you've downloaded the app, you sync the app to your phone, your device, to the folio, to the Bamboo Spark. So it, it syncs. And what you can do from there basically is anything you write down, We're using the smart pen, and you can use the pad that's supplied or your own pad or your own paper. It will then be transferred page by page to the app. So you can create a library of your notes. You can share them. You can convert them to text, but I'll talk a little bit more about that in a moment. You can send them as a PDF. You can attach them to an email. So it allows you to keep a library of your notes on your device. And you can access that. You create a Wacom Cloud account. And you can access those notes on any of your devices that are running, that's running the Bamboo Spark app, even on your computer. You can even send notes to Dropbox, to Evernote, to all your cloud services as well. So it's a really good way for those people who do love the tactile feel of writing notes, who feel that they that that's how they like to, to note-take or draw or design or whatever they like to do. It is reassuring to know that, yes, that's still a, a possible, but you've now got the digital option of keeping those notes in the cloud. And apart from creating the library, 
uh, and seeing your notes. You can also search those notes. Even if they haven't been converted to text, it can actually detect words if using your hand, in your handwriting uh, if you're searching for certain words. So that's something you can't do with a real notepad, but the Bamboo Spark allows you to do that with your the digital version of your notepad. Now, let's move on to the text conversion. Now, I have to preface this by saying that this feature is still very much in the beta stage. So that when translating your handwritten notes to text, it didn't do a very good job. And as I said, it is in beta at the moment. So uh, I've given an example on on uh, Tech Guide there where, about of the text conversion. It's running at about eighty percent accuracy. Depends on your handwriting, of course. If if you've got untidy handwriting, it's going to make a mess of it. If you've got neat printed handwriting, then it's going to cruise through. But I did put an example there of a, of a, a page that I'd written out and the translation right next to it. It, uh, it it really garbled most of it. But as I said, it is in beta, and we're expecting that feature to improve as we see the app updated. Uh, I'm sure that'll be in the near future. The device is powered by uh, an internal battery powered by a micro USB charger. Uh, there's a slider power button at the bottom, a little button on the left of the pad, and you can you can conf- you can arrange the folio how you like. So you can put the uh, have the pad to the left of the your device to the right of your device up below above it that allows you then the freedom to take your notes or draw however you like Uh, the device is priced at 249 bucks comes in two versions one with a gadget pocket so you can fit a phone in the side and the other one with a tablet sleeve so you can hold a tablet up to 9.7 inches in size in comfort 249 dollars available for apple stores jb hi-fi harvey norman and the online store and if you want to read our full review you can check it out at techguide.com.au Now, I know a lot of you love taking selfies, and the problem with the selfie, though, on most phones, or nearly every phone, is that the front camera doesn't have a flash. Uh, there, There is a feature, actually, on the latest iPhone, and, and the, any iPhone, I think, has been upgraded to iOS 9.3, where and some other phones did this, too. The front screen, so when you're looking at your... You've got the front camera happening, and you've got the uh, camera on, and you're, you're framing yourself up. What happens now is that the screen actually goes to three times the brightness and that acts as your flash. It is okay. It, it's not as good as a dedicated dedicated flash, but that's where the iBlazer 2 comes in. Now, this is a tiny little wireless flash unit. There are four bright LEDs on board, and you sync this to your phone using Bluetooth. And what it does, it, it either works with the companion app, which is called Shotlight, or it works with your native camera app, whether it's on your iPhone, your iPad, or an Android device. And basically what it allows you to do is to illuminate those shots that you wouldn't normally be able to illuminate, like your selfies. It comes with a little clip, so that it clips to the top of your phone, you slide in the iBlazer 2, and as you hit the shutter, this thing fires up, and you you have a nicely illuminated selfie. Or it can also be used as, as a lamp. It can be used even with a digital SLR. You can actually buy a, a shoe for the device too, so that a cold shoe mount. So you can put this in the cold shoe mount, slide it into the flash mount on your, on your DSLR, 
and it can be used as a light, whether you're shooting video, whether you want it to be used as a flash, it's up to you. The iBlazer 2, a handy little product and can help improve your pictures, whether it's video or your selfies. iBlazer 2, it's priced at $89.95 and you can find it at macintoshaddict.com.au and you can read the review at techguide.com.au. Keeping you updated and educated. This is Tech Guide with Stephen Finney. Tech Guide. The Tech Guide podcast is proudly sponsored by Netgear, Australia's number one Wi-Fi brand. Do you enjoy Netflix? Well, if you do, you need a Netgear Nighthawk X4S modem router to take your gaming, movies, and streaming to the next level. With MUMIMO, that's short for multi-user, multiple input, multiple output, and quad stream technology, you'll enjoy faster speeds, reduced buffering and lag, and simultaneous streaming to all your devices. So there's less waiting for your favorite movies to load. And with increased range from four high-powered antennas and amplifiers to increase coverage, dependability, and performance, you can enjoy smooth streaming all the time. Visit netgear.com.au to learn more. Now, answering all your tech questions... The Tech Guide Help Desk. The Tech Guide Help Desk this week. We're going to talk about uh, something that I'm asked quite often. Uh, it's a very common radio question. Tune in on Wednesdays, about 2.20 every Wednesday on 2GB. You can ask me a question live on air. One of the questions I'm asked fairly often is about Windows 10 and whether people should upgrade. I get a lot of calls from people running Windows 7, Windows 8.1, and the question they're all asking, should I upgrade to Windows 10? Now, the short answer to that is yes. I really like Windows 10. To me, it's the best operating system they've done. And it is a, it's an improvement in a lot of areas for Windows in general. I've used Windows 7. I've used Windows 8.1. I go back to Windows 95 uh, on, on, uh, on my computers. But this is in my opinion, the best operating system they've created. So should you upgrade? Now, the question, this question comes from people who already have PCs, who already have laptops, and to my horror, I've heard where some people have attempted an upgrade, some people with desktop computers, laptop computers, of a certain brand, and they, and this is them telling me, they've told me that those companies have said to them, that their device, despite being only one or two years old, cannot be upgraded to Windows 10, which I think is ludicrous. So to set people's minds at ease, to give you a little bit of a guide, I'm going to tell you the system requirements to run Windows 10. So if you've got a computer that's maybe two, three years old, maybe a little bit older, it is possible to upgrade to Windows 10 on your PC and tablet. So what you need to do, your processor needs to be at least 1 gigahertz. So if it's 1.1, 1.2 and up, then you're good to go. If you're, if you're measuring it in megahertz, then you're out of luck. That's a very old computer. If you're measuring, if your processor is 1 gigahertz and above, so that's GHZ and above, go for your life. On the RAM side, random access memory. This is kind of the short-term memory that the computer uses to run multiple applications and programs. RAM, you need at least one gig of RAM if it's a 32-bit computer, two gig of RAM if it's a 64-bit computer. Are you still with us? So if you can tick those two boxes, you're looking okay. 
hard disk space. How much does it take up? It takes up for the 32-bit install, it's 16 gig it needs on your hard drive. If you're running the 64-bit, it needs 20 gig uh, to, to take up that, to, to, for room on your hard drive to take that upgrade. Now, the graphics card, now we're getting a bit technical here. The graphics card needs to be DirectX 9 or later with the WDDM 1.0 driver. Check your stats, check your, your, your computer, your, your system, and it will give you that information. So you, I'll go through that real quickly again. At least a gigahertz processor or faster. At least a gig RAM, two gig of RAM is better. Most computers come with four at the moment. The last few years that's been the case. Hard disk space makes you got room. 16 gig for 32, 20 gig for 64. I'd say give yourself 20 for no matter what installation. 20 gig should do the trick. DirectX 9 or later with your graphics card. Display also needs to be at least 800 by 600 display. Every display is even better than that now. So they are the basics, basic system requirements for you to see whether you can install Windows 10. Take a look at your computer. Make the call for yourself. My recommendation is, yes, install it. If, you, if your computer can handle it, if it's two, three years old, it'll do it easy. I recommend upgrading to Windows 10. And that's our show for this week. You can read about everything we've talked about at techguide.com.au. And if you want to get in touch with us, you know what to do. Email us at info at techguide.com.au. Or you can tweet me at Stephen Fennick, and that's Stephen spelt with a PH. I'd love to hear from you there. A special thanks, too, to our two sponsors, Netgear, the brand you can trust for all your Wi-Fi needs, and Norton, the company that can help keep you, your family, and your devices safe online. Thanks for listening. Been great having you with us once again, and we are already looking forward to you joining us again next week. So until then, as we always say, stay safe and stay connected.